Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. Well, hey, 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 hey there, Emily. How are you today? Hello, Michelle. I'm fantastic. Welcome home. I know. Yeah, I I've missed been gone. you. I've been gone a long time. We have our... not had wine together in weeks. I think two and a half weeks. But yeah. I mean, our listeners aren't going to be no, able to tell no, that no, because no. we drop an episode every I week. Know, so yeah. they haven't missed me. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Lucky. Lucky. <laughs> you missed me. And I was going to say how fortunate it was that I was gone for two weeks. So now I'm all rested. Mm-hmm. My, my my jaw doesn't hurt from talking so Your much. Your liver's rested. My liver's rested. I didn't yeah. get to drink nearly as much as I wanted to on this trip or like... I wanted to drink. You probably could have benefited from having a little wine, I think. <laughs> yeah, I did I did visit a, a wine store, though, when we were in Portland, Oregon. I was uh, got my nails done for my daughter's graduation. I mean, she didn't care that I was getting my nails done, but I needed to get my nails done so mm-hmm. I would feel more, you know, complete and for um, her graduation. And then uh, walking around in the, the area of town, and I apologize, Portland, I can't remember the area of town right now, Um and there was this great little wine shop, and I went in because we were staying at this lady's house, and I'm looking around, I'm like, oh, uh, there's Sauvage the Champagne. Oh, So I bought a nice. bottle of that. I bottle, bought a bottle of Bastide Mirafleurs. Of course, oh, I brought yum. wine with me. Yeah. And then um, I picked up a, uh, a Gigandas that he had just released, and I, I did not share that with anybody in Portland. I did bring that all the way home. Oh, so you're going to share it with me. Yay! I'll share it with you. It's in my refrigerator. And I, awesome. Only because... I needed to put it away, and you would yell at me if I hung it up on my wall. That's true. So, yes. yeah. So, I mean, that's obviously that was a whole lot that I just dumped on you yeah. in like 35 seconds. Yeah, that's great. I I'm, apologize to everybody out well, there. Well, I mean, it has been like a while since we've talked. So, you yeah. Know, I, I did send you a couple of pictures of me on the trip, though, so you'd mm-hmm. remember what it looked like. I know. And I, I did share, <laughs> I shared the one with you in disguise. Yeah. That one was Avoiding funny. the paparazzi. That's right. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. So, um, for the li- listeners, if you haven't checked that post out, I um, I have the Groucho Marks uh, glasses on with the nose and the mustache, and I was at my daughter's house, and we were fooling around and, and laughing and stuff, and I had a big, you know, St. Louis Blues t-shirt on because, of course, we were, you know, um, supporting the Blues during their uh, trek Playoffs, to the Stanley yeah, Cup. That's right. And uh, Emily was like, Michelle Incognito still manages to support the Blues. It's just <laughs> funny. It's really a funny Well, you always, pick. you know, you do need your disguise in tow. You never know when the paparazzi are going to come. Well, right. And, you know, you we know? have we have several, several, several <laughs> we have, like, listeners. three major followers, right? <laughs> in Portland. Yeah, yeah. And if they knew I was in town, they probably would have, they would have, you know, stalked me or something. I, you know. <laughs> you know. I, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, this is, that's the danger of having, having such a great podcast that we have. So. Well, I'm glad that you found a little bit of time for wine, and I'm thrilled that we are here once again, and we have just opened a bottle, and in fact, we have a really wonderful guest joining Exciting. us today who lives in the world of wine. Let's welcome Denise. 
Hello, Denise. Hello. How is everyone? <laughs> Denise Mueller is a sommelier, um, among many, many other uh, things, an author, a teacher, a, uh, a, a real... A drinker. A, dr- <laughs> <laughs> a wonderful woman that um, we've been talking to for several months now about bringing her into the studio, but being a sommelier is a very time-consuming job, so um, we're lucky to be able to bring her in today. Thank you so much. And you're familiar at one of our uh, favorite places to go That's drink right. wine in the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. We'll give a little shameless plug to uh, Oat. Oat. Yeah, I love that place. <laughs> it's in walking distance to my home. So how It's with an Ubering distance from my home. <laughs> yes. So why don't we um, talk about the wine that we're going to drink today Happy and then to. we'll just dive right in like we normally do. So um, today, uh, Jason at the Wine Merchant picked out a Chateau Neuf de Pop for us, which I think is just wonderful because we do love our Chateau Neuf de Pops here. And this is a producer that we've had before, um, Guillaume Gonet. This uh, particular um, label is Belle Amie. Uh, This is from 2015. Wow. And you know this is you'll you'd recognize this producer because he stays true to having um, birds on their labels. Um, all of their labels have that sweet little bird. Yeah, when we had drank them before, it was a blue bird. Yeah, that's how I'll remember yeah. it. That that was yeah, which and that signifies the dreamer. So I think it's a really sweet little touch that they add to their labels. Um, and I believe the the producer he's from France and he's his wife I believe is Australian if I oh, remember fabulous. correct on that. And you know they make the wine together, which is really they really interesting. Um, everything they produce is just delicious, delicious wines. Very so. very elegant. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm. Some Chateauneufs are like in your face with the tannin, and this is mm-hmm. really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm, I haven't even really gone. I yet? haven't done the sip yet. Oh my god, this I is know. like this is live. <laughs> I know. What oh, I- a lot of pressure, Emily. A lot of pressure. Mm. What do you get? What do you got? Mm. Oh, I do agree with Denise on the elegance on this. Yeah. Nice long finish. There's a little bit of a kind of tartness that comes in, kind of. Yeah, I definitely get raspberry and ripe cherry and a little plum. And like on the nose, I'm getting like a little um, like applewood and some, um, you know, some Grieg. And really All right, what is Grieg? And how do you spell kind it? Kind of like funky barnyard. It's a funky classier way of saying. It's not that funky, but I'm getting a little mm-hmm. bit of that. I think that's like you should get a sense of place with the French wine. So Mm -hmm. if you don't have some of that, you know, maybe they made to like ripe of a style. So Mm, this classically should have a little bit of that like rusticity that you get in Chateauneuf or France in general. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. This is definitely making my mouth salivate. That's why I've had seven drinks to one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to pace myself so I'm not drunk after my first glass since it's been a couple weeks. We want to really indulge in this conversation, too. So we don't want our conversation to be over in 10 minutes. But you don't want to tell everybody. It's like, well, it would have been nice, but Michelle's asleep (laughs) on the floor. And uh, I'm sure she would have had lots to say, but Mm -hmm. uh, she drank too fast. Yeah. Yeah. it's, It's really lovely. Yeah. Go, Jason. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm. That is really nice. What are, what are your thoughts, Michelle? Do you have any feelings about what this what, what this If this were you? a panty? Yeah. Well, it would be an elegant panty. Okay. Probably, 
probably made with minimum material, but maximum coverage. Minimum material, maximum coverage. <laughs> like a full coverage, <laughs> like but full lace coverage. ass. You know, yeah, like a lace ass. Mm. Classy, but full body. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, so it's not going to okay. be restrictive. It's not going to give you any, like, you know, after bite when you put it on. It's just oh like, gosh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Like a real nice, black, and I, I see it as like a black lace mm-hmm. um, panty. Full okay. coverage, but not a lot. I think this is another pair that I'd like to have. In you my... don't already have that pair, Emily? Uh, well, <laughs> I mean... I mean, you have enough panties for every I, single day of the, <laughs> of the year, so... Yeah, I, I, you know, I have plenty of, yes, uh, you know, ask black... <laughs> Covered. <laughs> I mean, lazy, full coverage on the ass, panties. Okay. <laughs> wow, I do Silver not sequins know on the front. No. Oh, surprise. I like that. Bell. Yeah. <laughs> Here I come. Woo, this line's already getting to me. Now. I just had one sip. Wow. And we've got our black lace Woo. panties on. Yeah. yeah. So, we well, just need a, we need a bell sound right now. <laughs> I know, maybe our audio engineer can add one in. <laughs> <laughs> so, Denise, how long have you been a sommelier, and what what led you to go down this route? So, like many people, um, I got a degree and then completely abandoned it. <laughs> yeah. So, I have a marketing background, and it's funny because I always wonder if I didn't use it, but in wine, you absolutely use your communication classes. You have to basically sell yourself Mm -hmm. and sell your cause to every single table. That's my job is to um, not to upsell you wine, but to upsell your experience. Okay. So you've got to build that trust too, right? Which is very in line with, you know. Correct. It's not about price points. It's about you trusting that I understand your aesthetic and maybe one day we'll even veer you 15% from your palate and you know and that's how your clients and your regulars grow. So that's actually what happened about 10 years ago I was managing a small wine bar in Belleville, okay. Go Wine Tap. And people just kept saying like wow you're really good table side. And I go oh I just retain information well. I'm just <laughs> regurgitating what someone told me and they're like no there's something special here. So I started self-studying and got my first level SOM. It's called the intro. And then I was kind of hooked. Mm -hmm. And I decided I had already been in the industry for almost 10 years. And I think like a lot of people, you need a validation. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that everyone has to, but I'm the A student front row kind of Mm -hmm. girl. So if I was going to stay industry, I was going to have a niche. So I said, I'm going to study wine. I'm going to get these certifications and I'm going to see where this can take me so that maybe in 20 years I have options outside of working 3 to 1 a.m. and on someone else's schedule. For somebody else. Correct. So, and also I always say that the language of the sommelier is international. You do not have to know a language as well as you'd like to understand a wine list, Mm -hmm. to discuss a list, to build a list. So my goal was even that it would allow me to maybe even move one day. Mm. Yeah. I'd have a place and a purpose in Italy or France or wherever. So Is that still your goal? I wouldn't mind living in Italy for a year. Mm -hmm. I know people if you need, you know. I think that would be incredible. Um, So, yeah, so Mm -hmm. I then got two more certifications about two years later. Um, 
and then decided with three colleagues that St. Louis is lacking a wine education platform. So we created one ourselves Mm -hmm. and launched the Mid-American School of Wine. So while I was running a restaurant group, Mm -hmm. I opened a wine school for people like myself. Okay. That literally were like, where do I go? Right. So that's Ooh, that's what I do. I think I'd in be my interested spare time. in learning more about your wine school. We should go to one of those classes, Michelle. That would be really fun. Uh, well, I'm, I'm cool yeah. with that. As long yeah. as I can relate everything to a pair of panties, Learn I think we're going to be good. Plus panties. Plus I panties. Right. That'd be the clearly speaking our uh, own program workshop. maybe might spin out of this. So I would like to ask kind of like, a, I guess, a technical question. What's the difference when you are the sommelier for a restaurant versus you're representing a, a line of wines? Like we had our friend Meredith on, and she's a sommelier, and she works for a distributor. She works for a distributor. Mm-hmm. Like, such. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. What What is different in that type of life, you know, like the comparison? So interesting. Um, a lot of people use, we'll just say SOM. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of people use the term SOM or sommelier um, like it has to be a certification. It's actually just a noun. It's okay. a word for wine steward, person mm-hmm. that helps with wine service, that does beverage service. Um so you can have. I didn't know that. I thought it was a certification. Like you had to have certification to be called, like a like a doctor. You actually have to have correct. You know. A so doctor. there are many right. um, certifying bodies in the world, not just the ones that have the pin that a lot of us are used mm-hmm. to. There are many, many worldwide. I think the court of master psalms that we're used to is probably like the most known, and okay. definitely mm-hmm. the U.S. and parts of Europe. But. Um, Meredith I has certifications as well, mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily have to have those to be a wine rep. Same thing in the wine world. Some of the coolest wine directors you've ever met and working psalms yeah. are in fact not certified or pinned because you can have all of the knowledge, from just life knowledge, mm-hmm. drinking knowledge. Maybe you just read books and you never paid the $1,500 to the go get the and- pin. But there are some of millions of amazing people out there that just didn't play the, the game or the part or right. get the pin. So are you saying that if you have an interest in wine, uh, you there's... You're not going to be limited to just working at a restaurant. You could be a distributor or work for them or start your own or whatever you want to do. Correct. Um, Um, Private in-home parties, mm -hmm. consultation for restaurants and bars, uh, writing, Mm -hmm. blogging, Mm -hmm. um, assisting with branding. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, and then obviously you could definitely be um, in sales at a winery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, have you ever been on a winery tour and someone's oh, lackluster yeah. versus someone oh, that yeah. you're like, send sign, sign me up for mm-hmm. your wine club. I'm You sold me. I'm in. Yeah. So you have to have, be engaging enough and no terms well enough to do that as well. So there's yeah. a lot to do. Well, I'm really concerned, ladies, that the wine industry is just shrinking here in the United <laughs> States. We are trying our best to keep it alive here. And I don't know, what else could we do here on our podcast to help this industry you right. know, thrive? I know. Bring it up from the bottom of, <laughs> I you have know. an idea. We could drink 
two bottles of wine per episode <laughs> instead of just one. Everybody's going to be really, See? really thirsty. <laughs> Actually, we should probably have like in our, within the uh, format of the show, like the actual like, okay, you're in your car now. Now, yes, it, now you can stop at the wine shop and buy the bottle. Don't open it mm-hmm. yet. But maybe we can build in like actual stops so people can get mm. that bottle that we're talking yeah. about. We can have the millennial edition and have cans oh, in the yes. middle and we'll just crack cans the whole time. Yeah, I have yeah. had canned wine. I'm not. So, I mean, varying levels, yeah. just like anything else. I, mean, I feel like you can taste the metal. It doesn't taste right in my red Solo cup. <laughs> it just doesn't. I, you know, kind of, I kind of lose the flavor when it comes from the can. So I have had some excellent box wine, however. Yeah. So yeah, and I like box wine because sometimes you don't even need to use a glass. You know, we you have just, been. You just you just the bladder and yeah. That's when you know you're having a day when you're like, I need to take this out of the cardboard and squeeze yeah. the last drip. <laughs> yeah, and then you bang it against. No, I know that there's one more drop in there. So I had asked you before we started. Okay, how many bottles are in your wine collection? And you had shared um. that actually not that many because you're too busy. Sounds like right? a lot so to me though. I will say that's maybe the most interesting difference between um, certain restaurant groups or um, if you have a corporate restaurant or a budget or versus salespeople, I think they definitely get a lot of samples and there's always Mm -hmm. something open um, that they take home. So they're maybe not going into their actual cellar. Um, Unfortunately, while I was studying for my varying levels of some certification, I would open one to two bottles a day and have somebody blind taste me on them. Oh my but gosh. I also am known as the one with the wine. So if we're going to go somewhere for dinner, my mm-hmm. three, four, five friends are going to come by. And then I look the next morning and I'm like, oh, there's 10 bottles open. And oh I didn't lock gosh. the good cooler. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, you mentioned $1,500 to take the test, but I mean, in all practicality, the figure is much, much greater because of the investment, the investment yes. you in tasting wine. And well, and back to my like grassroots, she climbed her way up story earlier. I actually would host dinner parties um, once a week or once every two weeks. People would bring bottles mm-hmm. And that's how, that was my tasting group. So Mm. now um, to, you know, successfully pass these exams almost in the time that you would get a college degree, there are great tasting groups in our city. There are lots of tasting groups in larger cities. um, And you're with like-minded people studying for the same level. How would you go about finding one of these tasting groups? (laughs) Um, Get your level one psalm and then start. (laughs) Um, It's it's really just a bunch of the local wine professionals at restaurants. But I would actually host these dinner parties and cook for 20. And then we would all just taste wine blind. And I would nerdy journal. Yeah. Yeah. And it it was really great, though. And I kind of miss it. It like brought us together with purpose. Mm-hmm. It was it was amazing. What and, kind of great conversations did you have uh, over the table while you drinking and these, these were wines? Like clients of my restaurants that mm-hmm. w- believed in you and your cause so much, and you know wanted to see you get to the next level. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. They were very supportive. I bet they miss having those too. Probably. <laughs> you know, like I, I just think it's wonderful when you get get a group of people together and have drinks and and food. And you know, last summer we did that great. Um, cookout potluck on my my back deck. We had, I think, 15 women. I know. And that was awesome. It we had was, such wonderful conversations. And, too. you know, many, many bottles of wine we went oh, through. Yes. And I got Emily comfortable with drinking out of the red Solo cup and then the plastic cup. But it was, I've, I I keep looking at the back deck and I'm like, it's, 
if it'll ever stop raining, mm. we need to have another one of those. I know, it's time. It's time yeah. to have, have and, and like have even, you know, those 15 plus like 15 more because, mm-hmm. you know, we just want to talk to everybody. Yeah. Um, well, have you, since you've gotten the certification, since you, you know, have you, have you realized the dreams other than moving to Italy for a year, but has it paid off like you thought it would? So I'm actually excited with my choice. When you're studying, everybody may have seen the show Psalm on Netflix, the documentary. Mm-hmm. It shows people studying for the top, top tier, the the get. There's only 300 in the world. It's called the Master Psalm. You kind of make a decision at one point after you get your like medium tier. It's kind mm-hmm. of like having a bachelor's degree. And okay. you go, self, do I want to go for the doctorate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... It's, yeah, because there's kind of like, you kind of skip like the graduate degree even. It's like, it's, it's you know. It's right in there. Right. Your friends, your partners, your um, bosses, they have to understand that this is just as important. And honestly, it's probably a 40-hour-a-week job as well. Preparing for it. Correct. Oh, wow. Um, it's it's If you haven't seen that documentary, um, watch it and then tell me that you now know <laughs> what I was doing with all these note cards for so long. Um, but... You kind of pick your path, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop studying for like a year, and I became a um, beverage director of a restaurant that had three restaurants in two states. It was very cool, mm-hmm. and kind of realized that I think operations was my way, mm-hmm. and okay. there are some people that want the get, and that will take them to a different city, a very prestigious restaurant job where your job is to be the floor som or the wine director. And I kind of fell in love with restaurant operations and list operations. Mm-hmm. I'm, I hate that I love spreadsheets, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been able to find a way to marry your love yeah. of spreadsheets and your love of wine. Yes. And then mm-hmm. and made, made a, a wonderful career for yourself. Well, and so, um, ladies, I, like, I hope that you can see this when I wait on people or greet people at the restaurants I work in. Um, I love hospitality so much. What I like about owning the wine school, too, is I have my passion project as well. So I'm off on Monday and Tuesdays a lot, so I teach on those days. Mm -hmm. And I make little baby psalms with this course I teach. And so I still get this, like, super amazing gratification Mm -hmm. in the industry of education. Yeah. Um, And the mentorship and then the colleague nature and Mm -hmm. network that we've built you know, and now I have students that are surpassing my certifications in just a few short years, and I adore them. I even look yeah. up to them. Yeah. Sure. And so it's really, it's fantastic. So the book aspect is tied into your schools, right? The, Correct. The books that you created. What, um, was it because you saw a gap in the market that led you to create these books? Like what actually, what actually led you to say, I think it's time for me to publish a book? So we have this binder. I use air quotes because the first one was scary. If you find a student from my first semester four or five years ago and then look at the book now, it's quite interesting. Um, my my mentor, a guy named Jeffrey Callahan, and I did a free course for like a guinea pig course, actually for Cleveland Heath when they opened. It was fantastic. So we had a few local people from the Metro East take it. And true to form, Jeff and I would text each other all Saturday night when we got off work. I'm writing my part. What about you? Both three glasses in. Yeah. And basically wrote a 150-page essay in eight weeks. Oh, my god. And gosh. then each 
Sunday morning, we were teaching it. And that's when we created this proprietary course called Pre-SOM. Okay. And I was like, this is it. Mm-hmm. We were teaching other awesome courses, and we were accredited to do so in the wine school. But I'm like, something is special here. So every semester, of course, I would make some edits, modifications. Mm-hmm. The partnership of the wine school, you know, we, like, wrote down some notes each time, and it got better and better, more concise. After a while, I was like, wow, all we're teaching now is this eight-week class. It's selling out. That's nice. The the name is getting out. Yeah. And uh, I had an opportunity, and the timing was right. I did buy the school myself. Mm -hmm. And then I said, I'm going to publish this. I'm going to make it look like something that can be replicated. You can buy on Amazon. You can buy it from my website. But more importantly, because I was like, I'm only allowed to teach and touch the lives of about 30 people a year right now. Mm-hmm. You want your footprint to be How bigger. can I yeah. help more? And, you know, we were discussing smaller markets earlier in our mm-hmm. pre-conversation and why pre would replicate their like the Nashville, the Austin, the Cleveland, the Sacramento, maybe. Um, the Festus. The Festus. <laughs> um, places that maybe can't get a class together. So what about the people that are literally in the small towns that yeah. want to study? So not only do I have a textbook, we developed a map and infographic, very exciting, I know, book as well, so that side by side, it's like an educational program, even when you don't have this. Well, do they? Ha- do you off- also offer Skype sessions with people? Because I that sounds like a natural. I have not gone there yet. Um, there is definitely a phase two that... I would like to see happen. Yeah. Um, I believe in this course more than anything. And right now um, we're in the middle of launching a two-day version, like a boot camp, where a restaurant would go like, okay, we've got you Monday and Tuesday. I'm going to take pastry and lunches included. We're going to have tasting wines, and I'm going to blow your mind for two days. Mm-hmm. And I'll travel to you. You'll get the books. You'll get the wine. You'll get the the Denise. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's really the future of it. Yeah, that's exciting. Sounds really fun. So um, just going from there. So what we've done is we've digitized all the quizzes mm-hmm. and the flashcards, and now we've got this book that you can purchase online. So that's great. It was, a lot, it was the, a lot of work. I have all the answers, too, and I'm willing to sell those to any of the listeners <laughs> who are you know, wanting to give me some money. I just can, put a big no yeah. sign over your head in the video. No. <laughs> Well, of course, all the answers be related to panties, and then you'll know. I was like, oh, man, yeah. they, they bought Michelle's Describe answer Describe the terroir team. of the panty. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of wine, I see our glasses are very shy right now. So let's uh, take a brief pause, refresh our glasses, and come right back. Hey, Emily, we have some great news for our listeners. I know. I'm so excited. It's almost like how excited I am for the wine part, but even more so. Right, right, because we are going to combine Clearly Speaking the Podcast along with our favorite sexual health expert, Dr. Becky Lynn, combine it all into an evening called Adult Bedtime Stories. It is like a fabulous idea, and we're so thrilled to be able to bring it to St. Louis. Yeah, this is going to be a live event that we invite people to come and share erotic readings, tell personal stories, engage with a very intimate crowd, and even ask questions 
You can ask those questions、um, in person or if you want to write them down anonymously.、Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be a really cool event. And、uh, the first one is August 29th at Apotheosis Comics from 7 to 9 p.m. Yes. And guess what it's called? Oh my God. I wish I knew that. Actually, I got that wrong, didn't I? Yes, you did.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why don't you correct me, Michelle? <laughs> it's called the big, oh my God, I wish I knew That's that. That's right. <laughs> That's what it is. Oh my gosh. Emily has orgasms on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> She usually gets a little tongue tied when, when she's thinking <laughs> orgasms. That's、um, right. So but, we're going to be answering questions, things、yeah. like、um, why is it that some people Like, have orgasms when the wind blows, while other people have difficulty orgasming. Or have never orgasmed yet. Right. Or maybe even lose their orgasm. How frustrating is that? It's, why do you ask me? But <laughs> 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 yeah, it's not like that. But the thing is, is that、um, having Dr. Becky Lynn there to answer the questions, I mean, there's some science behind、mm-hmm. uh, like, sex. So, you know, to get to, get to that level, and, and it's going to be a small event, it is limited.、Uh, right. You definitely have to get your tickets on our Eventbrite and, our, and or our Facebook page. They're all interlinked.、Um, it is $20. Admission and、uh, we, the seating is limited, so don't wait for this to pass you by. Right. And make sure to come with your clothes on. We do encourage nudity anywhere where it's acceptable, and especially in the home. However, for this event, it is a clothes on kind of affair. We appreciate the decorum of our <laughs> listeners and the people coming to, to、uh, hear us for the first time. And it is, it is an all inclusive、uh, event. It、Absolutely. is not a women's only or a men's only, or, you know, it's everybody's welcome. You just have、mm-hmm. to make sure you get your ticket and,、uh, since it is a ticketed event. So if you have any questions, you have to email us at adultbedtimestories1. And that's、gmail.com. a number one yeah, at the end、so、of that. Yeah, so adultbedtimestories1 at gmail.com. Otherwise, we look forward to seeing you guys, everybody in St. Louis that can come. Get your、Absolutely. ticket, and we'll see you on the 29th of August. Looking forward to it. And welcome back. We have fresh new glasses, which、mm. is great. It'll definitely support our conversation.、Uh, uh, this wine just continues to get better and better, Emily. It's so good. I really wanted to open this up a little bit in advance just to give it a little air. You know, it was great out of the gate, but it's, it is getting better and better. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really. What's the price point on this, though? $35. Oh, my oh. God, Jason. That's a great <laughs> price for Chateau Neuf. It is a great price for Chateau Neuf. Okay.、Yeah. All right. So, listeners, this is definitely something that's like, you know, $20 more than what we like to keep people at. Well, but you can stretch. This, Every now and then, it's okay to have a stretch bottle, right? And this producer does make wines in all price points.、Right. The, the La Rev that we featured a, couple,、uh, like、a month、With、or so、blue. ago、um, was in that, you know, $15,、yeah. $16 price point.、So、but you're going to pay more for a shot enough to pop,、yeah. aren't well, you? I will say that either Jason has incredibly favorable markup on this bottle. <laughs> Or that is a wonderful price point. So, I, more than、yeah. maybe like what you were saying,、um, other bottles that you featured, but that is a wonderful、mm-hmm. retail price. I agree with you. But I also don't want to, to, to shock our listeners either who, you know, but、well, I, I'm encouraging. In all price you, you said earlier, you know, like sometimes you just can move people 15% or 20% more, you know, when they come in as regulars. And I, I've joked here with Emily, knowing her, my price point has gone from, you know, $3 <laughs> to,、um, you know, $12. And, and now, well, $18 is okay, Michelle. It's fine. And so now, although I, I, fre- I freaked at $35. 
I've been slowly I'm, pushing her up to 25. Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm yeah. getting, that's my transparent. This is like my, you're like, I'm, I'm inching that's, her that's up. That's the best thing about my job is, you know, being at a place long enough to see somebody truly change their aesthetic. Not that they ever need to. But I'm like, you remember when I met you and you wouldn't drink anything but Riesling and here you are mm-hmm. yeah. letting me pair nerdy stuff with your food and and you know, they just understand that again it's um enhancing the whole experience. Well, I really think though, prior to uh prior to this experience on the podcast and Emily coming into my life as a friend and all of this stuff, you know, vo- wine to me was more of a volume. It was like more of a I, I drink it to escape, not necessarily to enjoy it. everything mm-hmm. that's in it, you know. And I feel more fortunate that although I still have a tendency and I can, you know, drink a whole bottle of this by myself to escape, <laughs> um, I do, I, I, I've kind of elevated a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, it's nice some. to share with people who you know appreciate it. Yeah, no, I, I do. Thank you. Yeah. 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 So, Denise, I know that you've made various changes in your life and taken some risks and done some things that were different than were a part of the uh, the plan, which, you know, I'm getting a sense that you're a girl who likes a plan. <laughs> a spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just curious. I, I'm, you know, have there been moments in your life where, you know, just the universe has thrown some adversity your way and, uh, you know, what has it been like? And like, what are some of those heavier moments that have made you make change so people in my like inner circle i'll say um are fairly aware that about two years ago to the day really a drunk driver almost killed me oh um and i had multiple broken ribs so i couldn't perform Mm -hmm. my duties how long were you out i was in my bed for nine days straight but then wow. I actually, like, if you breathe, it hurts. If you mm-hmm. coughed or laughed, you could feel them moving. Wow. Um, but definitely couldn't carry a case of wine. Definitely couldn't do stairs very well. Um, the harder part was the concussion. Um, I had a very, very severe concussion. So I actually would lose my thought I would yeah. oh it was a nightmare so that was in June well my classes always start in September and my doctor was like you will not heal for at least a year so it wasn't just a concussion you had a traumatic brain injury you know it was I was it like oh, that kind of a level I didn't have like thank god I didn't have like any bleeding or mm-hmm. you know but okay um when I went to that pre-som semester, I had to look at this class of people that are paying to have this, mm. you know, certified instructor. And I was like, look, <laughs> I'm going to forget words. Mm. And and you're just going to look at me like your crazy old uncle. And you're going to get through it with me. And you raise your hand if you think you know what I'm about to say. And I tried to be as honest because that's all that you yeah, can do. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was very thankful that a friend of mine gave me a job at a place that needed like just some part-time wine help. Um, very part-time um when you are forced to take a month off and then leaving a 70 hour a week job running multiple venues mm-hmm. to then working two 12 hour or uh, six hour shifts wow while you're still needed to heal your body needed to heal it's, and it's, you're also needing to make ends meet yeah it's too. It so much so much time to think yeah and like i think i i knew who i was now at 
I, I guess I was 34, 35. I learned lessons that, like, people unfortunately learn when they, like, retire. Like, oh, my God, I should have gone to more family events. Oh, mm-hmm. my God, I should have been there more for my partner or for my pets or for my kids. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I'm like, wow. You're looking at life completely differently. And, and you know, and I always looked, like, involved in this or that on social media. And I'm like, wow, I was perform like, at a high level, but I was a shell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So— you know, um, fun fact one was the accident. They never caught the driver. No, months and months and months oh. of financial calls because it took months and months to get the the money, and it was a nightmare. from your insurance company. Yes, so it was a complete hit and run situation. It, it was. Um, oh it was just like emotionally effed on so many levels, and then with the physical aspect. So, mm. you know, I definitely had to go. Okay, what am I going to do now? And then about six months later, I was in this um, great blossoming relationship, really thought I had found kind of the one, and um, actually lost my ex um, in an accident. So, you know, kind of— Meaning he's no longer with us. He's no longer with us. Okay. And Was he your ex before the ex- before his accident? No, he was there for me during it. Okay. We really bonded. Okay. And— holidays and then it was shortly after um so i you know just just, your whole world was disrupted yeah yeah and um again people were like well what are you gonna do like so now you're switching jobs again and i was like i really don't know what i'm gonna do Mm -hmm. and i had always said you know i'm going to publish these books and i was just like self Get off your ass. This is the time. Mm-hmm. Financially, it was difficult. Mm-hmm. My, I've never had personal debt. Um, think about if you didn't have five months of salary, mm-hmm. what right. you would spend in those five months. Yeah. So that's, you know, weighing over thy head. And then you discuss risks. So here I go. I'm like, self, I'm going to get these books published in the next year. Looking at uh, publishing options, it's mm-hmm. expensive oh, either way. Yeah, so. it is. The yeah. interesting thing about self-publishing, which is what I did, is you don't see it coming. You're like, this will be so cheap. Oh. It's, it's cheaper. Not. Yeah. In education, though, you have to have graphics, and you can't take them off the internet. Mm-hmm. So I have 70 graphics I paid key graphic designers to put together. And they're stunning, and I own them now, and I'm so thrilled I did it. Yeah. I wouldn't take a dime back. I wouldn't take a minute back. And like I said, now they're there for the world to purchase. Mm-hmm. Purchase them, world. Um, <laughs> but We'll have a link on our website to it. But it's kind of like without those really messed up, like PTSD-inducing, they still affect me. People know this, but— mm-hmm. Without those things happening, would I have ever found the time? No, I would have been running another restaurant group. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And so the job I have now that I love and I'm so fortunate is I'm on the floor, but I can still make this badass wine list. And the, at the interview, I go, I want to work 40 hours. I want a family that will love me. And that's exactly what mm, you have. I found. What you have now. And that's it's great. important because I think you all got to put your head down and you got to have that one job where you learn. You're when you're 25 and you do it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of us still do it in our 30s and then our 40s and, and, this, and this industry. There's a reason that the r- restaurant industry has mm. so much like 
societal issues, social issues, emotional issues with drugs and alcohol. And it's insane. So well, oh, that's interesting. So what? What is well, it? I was is? I was gonna say. Uh, not you know I I worked as a cocktail waitress in college and in graduate school, and um, I was good at it, very good because I'm quick and humorous. Mm-hmm. And my attitude was the more I the more I bring to you, the more my volume is up, and <laughs> then I'll tip. You know, even if I have to bring you a glass of water and you're giving me a dollar every time, I will bring you water. Yes. You know, I I'm going to make sure you're happy, that kind of stuff. But I also learned really quick watching my colleagues. You either learn from your customers or you join them. You, because I, you know, I worked in a bar and it wasn't the college bar. I worked in the, the town bar, you know, and so the, like the mayor would come and, and the, you know, the city officials. And I had, I had, uh, uh, customers that were from World War II, mm. Korea, uh, Vietnam. I could like see the difference and how each one reacted during the, as the more they drank, you know, what the always the World War II guy was always like bravado. And, you know, let me tell you my story that the Korean War, uh, uh, veteran after I think his fourth or fifth uh, VO and milk <laughs> there would be tears tears coming from the 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 battle that he lost so many men mm-hmm. you know and then the v- Vietnam War vet j- never spoke he was always very very quiet and then I would see like my my you know the other waitresses you know those that couldn't stop drinking when the night was over yeah. you know mm-hmm. um and then you know and i was 23 24 at the time looking at these women who were 45 and like they looked like they were 50 no, i mean sure. it's just a hard life I, very hard life i had a pretty minimal exposure to the restaurant life um when i was in high school i was a hostess at a, a really nice restaurant and um, so it was considered a good job for a high school kid, you know. But I'm kind of amazed that my parents let me have that job and that I kept it because, I mean, I was in high school and I'm coming home at like 2.30 in the morning. And around people like oh, my restaurant gosh. families are very close and you know way too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we had a high school um, hostess and I'm just like, Mm-hmm. You're actually 16, are you? Yeah. I don't know the last time I was around somebody <laughs> under 30. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but I also think that, you know, without the without our restaurants and all that stuff, we you know, we need them. And yeah. I, I think if you're if you're going to be successful and and make the money you can make, you have to be able to to Stay straight, and and you know, I, I mean, mm-hmm. you have to, you, yeah, that makes you sense. have to not be able to be able to like. That's, that's true of any job. I mean, seriously, like yeah. as soon yeah. as you start letting drugs and alcohol interfere with your your work, right. I mean, we're fortunate. We're, we incorporate it into our it, work so. in that way, but <laughs> we, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, but uh, you know, it's 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 problematic yeah. in in any walk of life, unless yeah. that's your profession. No, it's, cheers to that lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there are definitely like teachers, social workers, lawyers. There are sects mm-hmm. of this society that think about what they saw that day. Mm-hmm. Think about what they're taking home or trying to not take home. Maybe they need those two glasses before they go home to their partner so that they will actually be like, so Let's talk about the carpet and the dog. Yeah, so and they, not go there. Yeah, you know. Right. So, so they it's, want. So they want just. 
I'm not being judgy inside. at all. Yeah, oh, no. I'm totally we all have our coping mechanisms, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, we've all had various times of of grief and angst in our lives where we've needed our pleasures and our comforts to get us through. So I, you know, yeah. I, I yeah. totally, yeah. you know, I um, I really went to meditation during that time. Mm-hmm. P- people were like. So, you know, are you drinking? What are you doing? Are you, did you pick up pot? And I'm like, well, sometimes. <laughs> are you talking post accident or post losing your, yeah. yeah. But, but the second, you know, the yeah. second star on the map. Um, no, I, I went to meditation and I found the right app for me. Mm-hmm. Um, some people seek therapy. I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I could discuss my feelings, which is sad mm-hmm. because I think everybody could use a therapist. Um, yeah. But no, that's med- why we created That's why we have show. a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually but, let the whole world hear me process through things. But um, but no, like meditation for me, I do it every morning and every night. And it's like I have to do it because there are still things that I'm not over. You know, like like what? I, you know, I, I try to date, can't do it yet, and I feel kind of broken. Because it's been about a year and a half. Yeah. And I really thought, I tried after six months. That was a joke. Um, I actually had a first date with someone that was handsome. We found out in five minutes that he had just lost his fiance. Oh my God. And I was like, oh, we have the weirdest thing in common. But we we knew that that was going to be a friendly, we had like three Manhattans. And I was like, Mm -hmm. Bye, because it was great, but it was, it would have always been our conversation. You know, but it's like, you know, talk about, you know, I think it at at your it's age, hard to not bring right? It up. You're I feel like you're I have in your to. you're in your mid thirties, yeah. right? And it's you're not expected easy. to have lost somebody mm. that you, your lover and your best friend. You know, that it's, it's not something fresh. that other people in the same age range is going to go. Uh, they don't. They won't know how to understand it. Now, if you were like 50, 60, you know, where people have died, you expect, oh, okay, so you, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a widow, you're a widower. I mean, that, because you're older. But when you're, I think, in your mid-30s or younger, nobody nobody expects you to yeah. be mm-hmm. uh, uh, grieving position. a loved one like that. But They don't know how to talk to you. You know, yeah. honestly, how to date you. it hasn't yeah. been that long. I mean, I know a year and a half on one sense, sounds like a long time yeah. ago, but it's not. I mean, to, to deal with the, the loss of somebody that you love. It's weird you know? because I have that, like, strange clock going, hi. Of course. You know, and so I'm like, you know, I in my boredom in January when I uh, I left a very big corporate job for my new little, my new little home. Your new little family. And, um, you know, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to, like, Join OKCupid's okay app and see how this goes. I'll be the premium member, and it's like I don't even want to make effort. I know you're because I'm like, what you're saying. Are you afraid of getting hurt? Are you afraid of losing someone? Are you? What is I it? I don't know. I think I know that conversation's going to come up. But I also, like, I am a Scorpio woman, ladies. Oh, My I am sex too. drive used to be nuts. And it's kind of like, <laughs> it's just weird now because I'm, you know, the second I get close with someone, I'm like, no, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that yet. Mm-hmm, and yeah. that's just not how my life used to be. Not to say that I was crazy. I was right. a just normal 20 yeah, or 30 yeah, something. If you, you, you know, sex was something that was fun to you and you enjoyed it. I mean, I did not lose, you know, uh, a loved one to to death in any way. But, you know, I'm divorced 16 years Um and I've had relationships in between then, but I I find myself now that 
I don't, I don't want to go on Tinder. I don't want to do any of the apps. I don't want to online date. Um, and the whole idea of like getting close to a, a man in a physical sense just sort of, I, I, I get like all t- knotted up inside, yeah. like, oh my God. And that I just don't want to do that. But then the other part of me is like, what's wrong with you, Michelle? Because you love sex and you love intimacy and you love kissing and all that sort of with stuff. With our black panties. With our yeah. black panties. And um <laughs> but I you know, I, I just kind of feel sort of shut down as well. So do you think that you've just kind of put this wall up that's like now it's it's been up for so long it's kind of hard to break it down is this a trust issue is it a it's are all you of that. yeah it's all of it <laughs> i mean yeah. trust it's, is a big one because yeah. yeah if someone doesn't cheat on you just when things go wrong you're kind of like wait a minute that went wrong last time and right. i want to be an optimist mm-hmm. i back up to a realist a lot well sex is so intimate you know, like even if you have a healthy sex drive, like in, you know, maybe maybe you are having multiple partners or whatever, it's still a very intimate thing and you have to be ready to go there somewhere yeah. with someone. I mean, I think that's a big oh. difference between men and women. Well, is that I don't know for uh, me, like I've as soon as I've had sex with somebody, like, you know, unless it's terrible sex, like uh, there's there is a bond that's starting to yeah. happen. And so yeah. to bring somebody in get them that close to you can be, I think, scary. I have found that when I have let them in close with the physical side, it is way worse when it ends than if Mm -hmm. I just kept it superficial. And right now in my life, I have no desire to have that pain of that closeness and vulnerability with somebody to have them Cheat, disappear, tell me, well, you're perfect, but not perfect enough, whatever bullshit line they're Mm going to give. Um, And I I recognize that. And I'm I'm hopeful. (laughs) I'm hopeful that that this is just a phase. And uh, not a not a a, a sentence, a, right. a, a permanent sentence. So, how do both of you feel about casual? I mean, right now, like I see, you're not like you're just like no, I'm not doing it. I mean, how do you feel about casual sex? I used to love casual sex. Yeah, but now I, I, I've, to me, even that would be like an effort for me to put in. But I'd like, I'd like to make out like all day long. Yeah. <laughs> I could totally do that. The, but- the, the weird thing for me is like I'm not someone that's ever gonna like meet a stranger and like within two days. Like okay. I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm the everything but casual person. But I, I still like you know consider me raised by the the catholic mother like Uh i still i'm like oh no you gotta wait a little bit for that right you gotta Um, earn it (laughs) but the weird thing is i mean like i used to love the everything but and i used to be able to you know get off excelsior and now it's kind of like there's this missing chunk where i'm like oh we don't want to do that intimate part that foreplay no 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 just you know and then and then it's like weird and I will use the word difficult for me to um, orgasm where it used to not be. It's super, it's just, I don't know. Well, you've shut it off in your mind. Like you're not, okay, if you're not doing foreplay, you know, you're not allowing that intimacy. I mean, women. I'm literally uh, not doing what you're supposed to. Right, exactly. I'm not allowing myself to be just. Enjoy it and let your mind free. And I I think trust is, there's a, I think. I think trusting the partner and trusting yourself is a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
And it can be very, very lonely. It's a very lonely time. I never, ever was single. I have a great lineup of Mm -hmm. men. I've had too many boyfriends. Um, I actually call... Oh, my mom hates when I say this. I call myself a fluffer for marriage. Um, I have eight, eight boyfriends that the next girl they dated, they married. Really? I was just thinking that. You could was, be hired for no, that. No, really. The Sarah Jessica Parker movie is my life. And it's just weird because I, and they were successful till they weren't. No problems. Friends with most of them still. Their wives love me. Thanks, Denise. Um, no, but really... What the hell? Um, <laughs> but I never thought I would be single this long. If you, you know how people go, sometimes it's good to be single and find yourself. I was always like, <laughs> I love being in a relationship. I'm loyal. I like the partner in crime. I like like they got to be my best friend too. Like mm-hmm. they, we've got to have yeah. fun and the intimate part. And I'm like, oh my god. I I don't want to say I'm bored, but I'm definitely someone that likes to have the job, mm-hmm. the time for self care. But also a partner, you know, I have great friend circle and I have great colleagues and acquaintances, but there's definitely that like something missing, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I'm kind of like, how do I not have like, I'm ready written on my forehead because I'm like waiting for it to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, Cupid isn't doing it for me anymore. Um, it's funny. But are you, t- you ready? Well, well, every first date I go on, I, I think I know I'm not ready. I'm like, you're dumb. Bye. <laughs> I can't do it. I uh, I have another friend who also would call herself the fluffer for marriage, and it was funny. That, that sounds I was so just, bad, but it's true. Just thinking about that same concept today when I was driving, um, either here or I was driving to the studio. So it's funny that you brought it up. But my friend, it wasn't that they they got married right after they broke up with her. They either they either got married. Or they came out as gay. So, <gasps> so she was like, "Yeah, so now that's she, rough. She's like, she'll start dating somebody. She's like, I don't know what you're gonna be when you're done, you're done dating. <laughs> no, I've had many people be like, "So I just date you, and then I'm like, okay, go away. That's not funny. <laughs> but it is a fun fact about me, and I think I've got number nine on the way. Somebody is probably. Oh my I'm like, okay, this can't keep happening to me. You're a charm in that area. It would be really weird though if they like married other women named De- Denise, because there are guys that I've dated in my past that. You remember with me, and then they married a Michelle. Oh, that's weird. And it's like, really? I I did have a so my I have a, an ex husband who bears the same name as the I I date I dated a guy after that, right? Yeah. Okay, I'll just say it. so. My husband's name was Joe, uh-huh. and then the next guy I dated was Joe. <sighs> No more Joes. I mean, even, <laughs> even if I were single. Like, were you like, can I you go just, by Joseph or Joey? So I just, I just say it just, differently. No, it just, no. There are a few <laughs> no like, non-negotiables. You can't right. have a family member's name. Oh. Not going to do that. And, you know, you can't have an ex's name. Yeah. Not going to uh-huh. do that. You know, so that's just a bunch of strikes right away. Yeah. I just refer to them as babe, so I don't have to. <laughs> I, I'll never get it wrong. Yeah. Did you forget dating... my name? Yes, I did. That was a great date, though. Thanks. Yeah. yeah if babe. you're dating more than one man, you don't have to worry about mixing that up. That's, oh, man. Yeah. That is what I did over the last six months. I've had a lot of, like, two or three date, or I've tried to, like, date a few friends, and I'm getting the first kiss confused and certain, oh, yeah. and I'm like, I'm not a player. I don't know how to do this. I was a serial, long, like, serial monogamous. What is it like dating a friend? That's got to be, like, 
It's, I don't know. That's kind of risky. Uh, let me call him and ask. Uh, <laughs> no, it's more like you know better, mm-hmm. and so you set forth boundaries. And I think that it's hard on the friend if they really wanted it to move forward. But you're like, this was not going to move forward. We're just going out. Yeah. Plus. Um, yeah. But, you know, and the plus is fun. But. Yeah. Mm, no, I can't do it. You know, when you're like, no, I respect us as friends too much. Yeah. But yeah. I'm kind of like, okay, where's this person that's supposed to meet me at the grocery store or, you know, and scoop me off my So feet? I have a thought. I mean, this is a wild, wacky thought. But, you know, you mentioned that you've got the clock ticking. Um, and maybe you're not ready for an intimate relationship with a partner. I mean, have you ever thought about like pursuing the motherhood thing on your own? Yeah, I think the clock for me is more like I've never said I need to have a child. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I want to have to pick somebody up from elementary school every day. Right. <laughs> and have the politics of motherhood. I more, um, the one side of my family has no one to carry on our legacy now. My brother and his wife are not. Going to have children. And I think that's what it is. I think I would be a good mother. I'm nurturing and I like to educate. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think, it's more like that damn FOMO. Am I missing out on... FOMO. Fear of missing out. out. Oh, my God. I had no idea. (laughs) You obviously don't have um, a 16-year-old living in your house. So I think (sighs) that's what it is. Like, you know, in your late 20s, you look at moms and you go, oh, I totally understand. And they're like... No, you do not. And I didn't realize how stupid I sounded. And now that I have more and more colleagues with kids, they were like, oh, yeah, bitch, no. When people say that to me and I've got two and I'm running back and forth to soccer games and you're telling me your problems because you got to do your laundry, they're Uh like, no, you don't understand it. And so now I really know that there are women out there fighting to be successful, fighting to break the the glass ceiling, fighting to keep their relationships together and maybe get a haircut. Yeah. And I really, it's it's weird. I only have one, I have this fantastic aunt and uncle that are um, no kids, and they really show you what your life can be like. Oh, yeah. And thank God, because I'm like, self, do I need to know these things? Mm. Will I feel bad? And they're like getting back from Cabo for the third time. And I'm like, okay, maybe yeah. that's my path. I. I definitely, um, I can relate to that. I mean, I, I'm now in my 40s, and I have not had children. I always thought I would, though. Like, I was, I was like, I'm very similar to you, Denise, in that I, like, I loved to teach when I was a kid. I would invite all the neighborhood uh, kids over, and I'd be the teacher, and we'd play, play school. school mm. And I, like, kept all my workbooks all year long, and I would literally teach them, you know? And it was a wine workshop and she right, was giving. Exactly. And, uh, I just <laughs> wish I had your textbook. I, I took Mom yeah. Chablis from the fridge. No. <laughs> but I, I did. I always thought I'd have kids. and But it's just, I, I'm also not somebody that's let my um, clock or anything like that um say when the time is right. So, you know, when, when I, w- I was married for 12 years and we were together for a total of 16 years, actually, and I just knew it wasn't right for us then. And then, you know, and then, I'm, you know, I, I've been single and, you know, I, I 
I'm with a partner now, but it's just never been the right time. And I also, like, I think about that and I look at, like, movies like Idiocracy. Have you seen that? Yes. Oh, my God, that movie. I haven't seen that Oh, my God. So it opens up with this big, like, um, okay, the, you know, the the world is becoming dumber and here's why. The smart people aren't having babies because it's never the right time. (laughs) And, like, the uneducated people are just having them left and right, right? So that's... you know, it demonstrates that. And, it's, and I, I have three children. I, <laughs> I, it was the wine. Well, <laughs> yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. But, you know, I definitely have that fear of missing out from time to time, you know, wondering, because I do like kids. You, you do. Know? Well, to answer and, your question, though, I have asked myself, would I solo parent adopt? I, I love the opportunity for adoption and what it brings yeah. and the network that it has created like worldwide and mm-hmm. that you'll see a family of I have this wonderful colleague they've got three great kids and they just f- adopted a fourth and they're very it's like a very Angelina Jolie Brad Pitt looking mm-hmm. family and yeah. they're wanting a fifth and I'm like wow that's so fantastic I think that's cool. that yeah. you just have that such a maternal instinct that you want to give more and I'm like you know what I think I could do that. The hard thing in this industry, though, and something I've been fighting for, is to find a way to almost be normal. Oh, yeah. And with that is like taking a wine director position. You may not be on the floor past 830. A lot of your stuff is in the cellar and it's paperwork. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How can you... Because you, know, you can't be working till one a.m. No. and have have to get a kid and, to school. It's, and it's seven. everyone's like, "When are you going to open your own wine bar?" I'm like, "Yeah, someone give me five hundred thousand dollars. We'll we'll do that." But also, um, <laughs> if you don't have a support network of at least like a spouse, I know it sounds like you would actually like not see your spouse. Having that for sure, ride or die, mm-hmm. is amazing. Um, you know, and I think that's something that I'm craving right now. Like. What are my needs in life? My partner has to be funny. They have to be able to get me off. They have to be my best friend. Mm-hmm. That's that's not that complicated. And, and but yeah. but like just being present. Yeah. Like this hideous bracelet literally says "be present." Yeah. And it's like my mantra. And I need someone that can, you know, be there in the good and the bad, but also like support you. Like I think business is important to me. So if I have someone that doesn't understand that. You know, yeah. that that is my child right now. Thank you so much. <sighs> but yeah, it's like, how am I ever going to have a family or a relationship that works if I don't know how to handle my time with work-life balance that is discussed every year by everybody in this industry is work-life balance? I would, okay, I'm going to just throw, throw an interjection here. We... We had a great guest who talked about um, how she had worked so hard to fit her life into the world, and then really what she needed to do was fit the world into her life. Mm. And so many times as women, you know, you're talking about, you know, I'd love to have be able to adopt, have a child, nur- nurture this stuff, but I have this, I'm in this industry, so it's not going mm-hmm. to be normal. So then we beat ourselves up as women because what I'm providing this child isn't what's normal, what society expects. And now I'm going to actually work three times harder to give that little one the normal. When how can we, as, as empowered women, say, you know what? 
things don't have to be cookie cutter. So how do I how yeah. do I fit my world or fit the world into my life? Yeah. And we have to give ourselves that kind of leeway as women and and um and if there's a if there's a chance for you to go after it after some job after some opportunity then we have to create those these the safe space to be able to do that and not not look at you as or any any woman as a creature from outer space because mm-hmm. she's not at or she hasn't enrolled her child in every you know dance class soccer match um you know and you're not where mm-hmm. all the other mothers are expecting you to be but that doesn't yeah. make you less of a mother, yeah. less of a parent. And that's my, I, that's today's uh, soapbox. soapbox. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I mean, complete agreement with you, you know, like let's, let's support one another and let's, let's, let's be open to the fact that there are lots of different kinds of ways of being and living. I mean, and, like what, 20 years and, ago, the, a family was a man and a woman. Right. And we have, we, we now accept that a family is what, you create. Oh, I'm about to buy a commune house and just have some of my best friends that are also unwed. Be like, we don't have to like actually be lesbian partners. We can just be partners. Yeah. The Golden Girls yeah. concept. I've yeah. literally talked about it with my like, friends. I'm like, do I really That's want- a more eloquent way to say it. But, but I do think that 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 is changing. Um, you know, as more and more women are becoming empowered, I think the millennial generation has really contributed that to mm, as yes. well. You know, and the fact that we are in more of a gig economy than ever. Lots of people are doing more than one thing. Lots of people are inventing their own way, and it's becoming more accepted. Now there is a lashback, which we are seeing uh-huh. to this this female empowerment. There's definitely a lashback, which is very terrifying. But, you know, I think the optimist in me says that that's temporary. Like we as women are stronger and, and you know, let's, let's continue to come together and, like you said, support each other in, in doing things our own way and um, creating a, a wide array of what is considered normal. Right, right. Yeah. We don't have to fit into somebody else's idea to to validate who we are as a person. And mm-hmm. I think if you can come to that realization at an earlier stage in your in your female life, you're gonna relieve yourself of so much uh, in self induced trauma that and was, pain. That was the good thing about that like life lesson I discussed learning kind of early is it's not that I know everything I want to do right now. I know what I can't handle mm-hmm. and what I won't allow. So, right. and that's I, huge. Mm-hmm. So, I am more selective with work with friends. Have you ever had to dump a friend? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. You know, oh, and, absolutely. And, and it, that's painful and too. We're still on a podcast together. <laughs> Wait, what? No but, no, but literally, where you're like, I've loved you for years, I but know. we just aren't working anymore. Yeah. And that's yeah. almost like a, that's a it's breakup. A it is it's a loss. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah I've you definitely know, been and, through that. You know, and it's like, I I love hate social media. Oof, love hate it. Like, okay, what do you love about it, and what do you hate about it? I love that it's so easy to stay connected. Mm-hmm. I hate that it's our primary people, form. People are literally. It used to be like you would maybe just stage a photo because you knew you'd post it when you got home. Have you ever seen people make plans oh. with purpose of posting it? 
Yeah, like you're no longer going that. to natural or uh, national parks because you're like that has the best hiking trails. They're like, there's this rock that you should get on for this photo. Bus drive there. Yeah, and it's it, artificial. It's super yeah. weird. And you may, I have a couple friends that have just never been on Facebook, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, you're so cool. <laughs> like, how do you know what's happening? But they don't know the difference. Right. They have to reach out. Yeah. And I love that. So, you know, I always, like, delete Facebook once a month off my phone. Like, I'm a renegade. <laughs> and then I'm like, hey, girl, I'm calling you. Back in. Hello. And, you know. I'm writing a letter. Exactly. Well, I have always said that. I sent one, a bird. One of the, one of the uh, uh, detractions about having the social media is that we start to live our life in 2D. Right. Mm. And you're following what your friends are doing. Really and then and then you like see them and you're like, well, I don't know what to say because what do I say? Be- I, I mean, I've, I've liked all these comments or made comments on their trip or whatever. And we've lost the art of living in three dimensions, mm-hmm. you know, and I've, I've often said I just want to just like, let's just have conversations. Yeah. When I when I went to Paris for the first time, I was very thankful that the two women that I went with were the designated photographers for the trip. Despite the fact that I love taking photos, I I wanted to, I mean, that was my lifelong dream to go there. So I just wanted to soak up every inch of it, you know, beyond 3D. Like I want yeah. the smells, I want the feels, I want all of it. And so I was thankful that they, they captured that for me. And, you know, to your point also, Denise, about this kind of artificial component of social media, I, I the thing that, frustrates me is that we aren't seeing all of the the, the pain and the mundane that yeah. can be reality, you know, and, um, and you know, it, it creates a false sense of what to expect out yeah. of life. And it's kind of like the beautiful models on the magazines, like that are, you know, size two and they're five foot 11, you know, like this, yeah. this is- this And that's is plus on, size. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I always think you plus size model. I'm like, you're a solid eight, but you're five foot 10. So right. just because you have D cups doesn't mean you're plus size, honey. Right. <laughs> Call me a plus size model. No, right. Well, I think that, yeah. that what's interesting though about the uh, Facebook social media is that uh, we had to evolve to understand. I mean, I think early on in the days, it was easy to get very depressed at what everybody else was posting. And I'm, but I'm older, right? I'm older now. I've been doing it um, however long it's been around. Um, but I would, I would feel envious. And I would have to remember, oh, that's not really the life that's going on behind that picture. And so now if you if you can always remember that, especially if you're a new person getting mm-hmm. on, especially you explain that to the kids, you know, um, that that's just that's just a public face. Yeah. It's not really who who that person is. And like, you know, you said when you described that, you know, the job you had before the accident and you had to take the time off, you're like I had this presence, this go, 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 but I was a shell of who I really am. Yes. And and we and even though we talked about like not wanting to date or having the issues or whatever, I'm I'm contradicting myself. The willingness to get to know somebody on the real level is way more enriching and powerful in the long run. Oh yeah. It can be scary too. But if we ha- we have to kind of move beyond Move beyond the the two dimensional, the the picture mm-hmm. perfect, because we're not all picture perfect. It's weird when you already know so many facts about somebody because of their profile, 
and then you also stalked them online. <laughs> Possibly no, know their no, neighborhood called, and or their that's job. Primary and, research. Yes. It's not stalking. It's no, primary and so you research. go on I your give first, workshops on that. So you go on your first date and you're like, do I bring up the fact that I know they live in town and country or <laughs> you know. I went on a date one time with this guy that I had met and of course I did my primary research and I had primary research. I had I looked it. him up on CaseNet and I was like, Oh, you know. <laughs> and so I went on this date. And we're at the restaurant. I go, so I, I kind of want to talk to you about what I found on CaseNet. And he was like, oh, man, I thought I'd get at least a couple more days before we had to go straight to CaseNet. <laughs> what did you find out? Yeah, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, it was total, like, <laughs> drugs and, you know, FBI and all kinds of Ooh. stuff. And he, like, fled the state. I mean, it was quite the story. So that was, how many more dates did you go on? Oh, I dated him for another six months, <laughs> you know. Because, like, the sex was good and, you know, all that stuff was, you know. Well, and I'll I enjoyed this, his, his presence. But I'll say this. It's how he responded to like, yeah. okay, it's out there. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it's I'd have more time. settled. Here's a real excuse. Can yeah. you handle the fact that I've moved on? You have a rap right. sheet. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I I have to say that the crazies, like, you know, that the, the, the crazies are the people who have lived a little – Good sex. Let's, let's face it. <laughs> is that, it's is great that the, sex. Is that the lesson we're learning today? <laughs> right. I think why I ended up like ending the relationship with him finally is because I, I couldn't really, I was not comfortable with the fact that he could drink um, a handle of vodka in a weekend. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's rough. It's like, that's not really the life that I want to have. So, Denise, maybe to break your, you know, inability to have a good orgasm right now, like with a partner, maybe you just need to straight up go for a crazy for a day because you know there's no expectation now to move it seeking into crazy <laughs> to make lady get off happy I, I, I don't know why she suggested that I thought you were totally going to tell her to listen to our episode with Laura Haddock on the Osei massager well, the hands free I mean, personal device is coming out I am so much more aware of the porn sites in the world than I have ever been have you ever watched French porn no does it oh. sound sexier Oh, it la la. is sexier. Because, first of all, it's a black lace panty, right. full coverage, but not so, you know, not a lot of With material. With a clitoral bell. <laughs> yeah. ding, 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 ding. It is sexier, by the way. And I do want to talk about that. But since you mentioned the panty, I want to bring up a note on this line as it's developed. Are you guys, are you getting more violet now? I'm getting violet. So I'm seeing like this beautiful floral element in that pair of panties. You know, you can get violet in notes from Beaujolais down through Southern Rhone and into Provence. So mm. if you're ever like, is this a Pinot Noir or a Gamay from Beaujolais? See if you can smell a violet. Okay, I'm getting it on the palette. That's what I'm getting. Mm. I just think that mm. every single glass of this has gotten better and better and better. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah, There's just definitely much- more. I get sage, too. Mm. Okay, I could. That Greek, yeah. I don't get so, any of that, but I, <laughs> I, you know. So back to French porn. So, <laughs> so what I like about it is that it's um, it's not like the American, like, in your face, like, kind of thing, you know. It's, it's they're into the storytelling. 
a Ooh. little bit, you know? Yeah, the storytelling is a lost art these days. It was more for VHS pleasure than it yeah. is now for the five-minute power hour kind of vibe, right. you know? That is exactly the difference. You just described it perfectly. Is this a five-minute power hour, or <laughs> yeah. is this a, yeah. Edited down to the... <laughs> is it an entire bottle of wine, or is it a sip? You know, it's mm. funny... People are surprised that I am someone that I'm not shouting it at the bar, but people are surprised when a woman in her 30s or 40s knows herself. It can be intimidating. And, and can discuss three different sites and why they like them versus mm-hmm. the other. They're like, hmm, tell this to me. <laughs> and uh, I think it's, I, I actually discovered all of this later in life, maybe out of necessity, maybe out of boredom Mm -hmm. both probably yeah but um you know and like i said i used to be a serial dater so that was always kind of that that box was right yeah um but i think it's healthy i also think i'm like damn i need to like get out of the box a little bit you know (laughs) like there's some interesting stuff out there it is healthy and actually important um one of our a recurring guest that we have on, Dr. Becky Lynn. Um, she's an OBGYN, and she spe- specializes in women's sexual health, especially those in the perimenopause or menopause stages of their life. And she's like, if you don't, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. So, like, and she also says, it. sex does not need to be painful, and if it's painful, that something's going wrong, and you need to address yeah. that. Um, yeah. So, so it is very healthy to she keep does. She that, prescribes porn you know, for her. Keep, keep the imagination alive. Get, you know, keep the keep the the body alive. Keep the blood flow well, yeah, going. It's, it's you know? stress release. Mm-hmm. It's also sometimes just does it help you go to sleep? Does it help you wake up? Like, mm-hmm. what is it for you? You know, so meditation mm-hmm. and porn <laughs> have one. made a happy Denise. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, can you imagine what and does probably that, some of this? What does your, what does that video look like that combines porn and meditation? Namaste. And someone, someone, someone's in this pose, but with only black panties <laughs> and, and and bottles of wine around. Yeah. Um, you, really, that's our new logo here. Is no <laughs> right. Did right. you ever see? There's a wonderful episode or a wonderful skit on. Um, Saturday Night Live with Will Ferrell, and he's like a, the blowjob skin. Yeah. It's the best. <laughs> so he I'll is. Have to look it up. He is this ninety-year-old um, <laughs> yogi, right? He's in yoga class, right? And everybody's like, you know, doing some pose, and all of a sudden you hear moaning out of the corner, and it spans over, and you see him, and he's bas- he's pleasuring himself. He's giving himself a blowjob. Yeah, and they're he's like, finally oh, reached every man yeah, was d- <laughs> dream is to be able to do that. They're like, you know. Sir, that's not appropriate. I've been work- I've been doing yoga for eighty years to do this. And I'm not stopping. <laughs> he comes up with a two foot long beard. <laughs> oh, I have to go watch that tonight. It's insane. Yeah, that's we hilarious. might have to provide a link to that in our blog. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Well, so, so anyway. I, one one quick last question, Denise, is uh, moving forward. What kind of Things could we expect from you? What kind of hopes do you have? What I mean, you will get off again one day <laughs> with a partner. I know it. I feel it in my bones that you. Sorry, will. mother. <laughs> yeah, my mother doesn't listen either, so it's fine. You know, um, but you know, I was just curious. Like, long term, how do you see your life? Uh, I definitely want. I'll call it macro travel. I do travel. I travel well when I do. But I 
have friends that live in Naples. They're like, why don't you just come mm-hmm. live with us? We just bought a big house. Just stay for a year. You know, um, wonderful. There are people in France, same thing, people in Australia. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I do think that my goal, mm-hmm. if I didn't open my own space, even though I think I would be really good for that, if I could make the traveling education work, mm-hmm. the goal is to be able to work from anywhere. That sounds, That's always been my right. goal. Yeah. yeah. And, but while traveling, giving something back to that community as well. So that, you know, that might be a 10-year goal. But well, I do think that it's something that I can look at in phases. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah. I think that's, traveling that's really cool. at that, you know, getting a chance to experience time in Italy and France and, you know, wherever your friends are, wherever you're invited, that's only going to inform your knowledge greater. And so when you come to the point where it's time to create your own thing, look at that world perspective that you'll be able to bring yeah. literally to the table. Like that is... I think that's a phenomenal goal. I'm in South City, so if you want to come stay there for a year, I mean, I know you can give back a lot. My, my new my new role when I travel, so you know the first time you go to France or go to Italy, you like hit seven cities in 10 days. Sure. Yeah. My new role is I stay in one department or region, and I just— Soak it in. I ask the grandmother at the corner store, where should I go to dinner? Mm. I don't let the Michelin guide be my guiding star. Great. Yes, I'll also go there. Mm-hmm. But also, what little places can I have the best house wine for $7 and the yeah. meal that I'm really going to remember? Yeah. yeah. So, Where do the locals eat? Exactly. Yeah. So the last few times I went to Italy, that was my experience. Is I didn't do like north to south of the boot. I, you know— stayed very very localized and now when i talk about piedmontese wines my Mm. eyes glow and i freak out when i talk about brunellos i like just go back to Mm -hmm. being on the top of that mountain um so that's that's really the goal and then you know i just i me and one of my best girlfriends started doing this thing um tuesday night supper club Oh, we tried ooh. to do it two times a month at least, and we're forcing ourselves to actually spend face-to-face time together when we have opposite schedules. Mm-hmm. So we have this pocket of time that works, and I'm trying to invite as many people as want to show up, and it might be Taco Tuesday. A lot of times I cook or grill, but that's my other goal. Like Things cannot get in the way of relationships. Even seeing somebody yeah. once a month is yeah. such a difference yeah. than... Oh, yeah, no, we talk all the time. No, yeah. you text all the time. Yeah, it's different. And you like, you like somebody's Instagram media story. That's yeah. not the same. Yeah. So, Well, we'll we'll be there. <laughs> I'm free on Tuesdays. Yeah, so, Tuesdays yeah, so are that's a great So that's, that's yeah. kind of my other goal is to, like, stay legitimately present and take the, you know— I, I always like those people that have like ninety seven friends, and I'm like, how do you? <laughs> how do you do it? How do you have a thirty top? <laughs> Mine's like a, a five if we can all get off work. Maybe a seven on a good day. Like, you know, we all have a lot of colleagues, but to cultivate those friends, yeah. 
those, you know, like lifelong friends or new relationships and make sure that it's lasting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mo- real many times over a good bottle exactly. or the rest of my Which is cooler. What, what we do here at Clitterly Speaking. Yeah. Well, I just have to say that those friends of yours are lucky to have you oh, as their absolutely. friend. absolutely. What a Thank delight you. it has been to have this conversation. And, yeah. and we're looking forward to Tuesdays. We yeah. uh, will bring some wine. And yeah, I, I love to cook. I, so. I got something for three dollars. I can yes. bring. Yeah, yeah, you know, just to <laughs> like you know, it's you've never had it before. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll come fully dressed, not just in my panties. <laughs> Is the dinner French or <laughs> or five minute power hour? Right. <laughs> what I that's, how, that's how your invite will go out. <laughs> that's my next birthday invite. Five minute power hour with Denise, <laughs> and we all know what that means. Drop keys in the bowl. In the front. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming today no, and this talking was awesome. with us. Thank you. You yeah. are a, a delight and a joy, and we're lucky to have you in St. Louis for as long as you're going to stay here. And all of your all of your your clients and your students are so lucky to have you. And um, you're an inspiration, and yeah. just really, really pleased we had this chance to talk. And we'll we'll drink some more. Yeah, we'll thank we'll you. have more conversation. Yeah, this sure. was fabulous. Cheers, Cheers. to you. Oh, across the table. <laughs>